the Beaujolais from France, Burgundy, or Southern Burgundy, I mean. And it's just, it's a, it's a cheap, it's really light. It's probably lighter than Pinot Noir. Really light, really easy going. You could probably pick it up at Total Wine. You could pick it up at Trader Joe's. You could probably get it for $7.99, $7.99 to $12. That is my In-N-Out go-to besides Rosé. It's my In-N-Out go-to wine. Because if I'm eating a $5 burger, I do not want to spend 50 bucks on a bottle of wine. That's just stupid. I'll just have a Coke if I'm going to do that. But if I want to have a little alcohol and, and, and something simple, something easy, it's not going to sit there and being stored for millions of years. It's it's maybe stored for a year. It's called a Beaujolais Village. Uh, three levels of Beaujolais. There's there's Beaujolais Nouveau, which is when it's brand new. And then it's around Thanksgiving. It comes out right before Thanksgiving. And it, it tastes super grapey. It's really light, so it's really good with the turkey. It's not it's not overly, it's not going to take over. It, it's something that you can eat your dry-ass turkey with and have this delicious fruitiness taste. So just because it's cheap and it's 9 bucks, it goes amazing. Beaujolais Nouveau, I shit you not, tastes really good with turkey. Really light, not overpowering. It's almost like if they liquefied cranberry juice and threw a little alcohol in it. I mean, it's really good. It's really tasty, and people talk shit about Beaujolais Nouveau. And it's not something you store. It's not something you hold on to next year. If you, you know, if you buy two bottles, you drink the two bottles. You you know, buy five bottles, you drink. You just don't store them. They're, it's not good that way. Maybe till Christmas. That's about it. It doesn't. It's not made for lasting. It's made to drink within the next couple few months. Uh, that's Beaujolais Nouveau. Then you have Beaujolais uh, Village. That's how it's spelled on your. On, when you guys look at it, it's going to say V I L L A G E S. Pronounced uh, Beaujolais Village, and that one's stored for about a year. And so it's, it's got a little bit more oomph to it. Not a lot. It's still really light, tasty. And then you get into the Premier, Premier Crew, and that's the higher-end one. Still cheap. I can buy a cheap Premier for 24 bucks or something like that. So still cheap. But Beaujolais Village, it's the way to go with a simple burger, $7.99. And just, and you know what I get on the nose? I get uh, cotton candy. So really like cotton candy on the nose. That's what I get. You know, that's me. Not everyone's going to smell the same things. Uh, Pinot Noir, you get a lot of strawberry, a lot of red fruit, a lot of cherry, uh, light berries. It's always a light to medium, depending on how the winemaker makes it. And that's why I'm trying to be really general. I'm not going to go with what I'm you know, taught at the Court of Masters, because Court of Masters is supposed to go shavings in this one. This is from Olgan, of course. It's not Napa, so, you know, it's a little different. Just kidding. I don't want to get kicked out of the group, so they teach me a lot. I'm going to go with basic stuff that you're going to smell in, in alcohol, smell in wine, because it's all made with grapes. And that's the one thing is people are like, so when do they add the cherries? When do they add the strawberries? They don't add shit. And if they are, that's not a really good winemaker. You don't add nothing. You have grapes. You smash the grapes. You macerate your grapes. You put the yeast in and you filter it or you don't filter it and you stick it in barrels. And then we, we have to filter the barrels a couple times or, you know, it's a. It's a long, pro it's a, it's a process, but what you end up with is just this wine. It's not in people. There is no strawberries in it. There is no cherries in it. There is no tobacco in it. There's no pouches being thrown in there and then pulled out later, which I hear a lot of people say, and there might be some nefarious places that do it. And I wouldn't be shocked, especially when it comes in a special box <laughs> and uh, it's like, wow, how they make that big 17 gallons of wine for four ninety nine? That's amazing. What's it? So I don't know what's in those. I don't know how that boxed wine works. That's a that's a that's a whole other story. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a time and a place for that too. If I'm at a concert, not that I've done that before, but if I'm at a concert, I'm gonna throw some frozen. I'm gonna open the top of that box. I'm gonna throw some frozen fruit in there. Close it. Make a sangria out of that. And I'm gonna get myself wasted because I don't care. And I'm just saying, I would I would use boxed wine in my RV or something. I don't know. 
yeah, I'm not going to use no fancy stuff. There's not going to be any wine balls. I don't want to break stuff and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And that would just be me. But anyway, so when I saw, talk about these fruits, it's just the notes that we get the, you know, you're smelling it, you're going off of your experiences in your brain and you're, you're smelling this wine and you're going, okay, that reminds me of red fruit. I'm, I'm getting red berries, red strawberry, red, red cherry, um, Merlot, you're going to get a little bit of blackberry, some plum, some currant if you're from England or different parts of the world. And you can probably order it nowadays, but you can get some currant uh, or currant, um, some chocolate notes, some vanilla, and those really come from the barrel. The vanilla from the French oak barrel or the American oak tends to give like a caramely type smell as well on the nose. And it's medium. And there's a lot of people who don't like Merlot. And it comes from a movie called Sideways. And in that movie, they ask him if he wants to have some Merlot. And he's like, no fucking Merlot. And that totally effed up the industry in California. Totally fucked it up. And I don't know how many people I've met that go, oh, I want a really big red. I want to have a nice fruity red. I want this, that. And I'm like, hey, we want a Merlot. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't drink Merlot. I don't, I don't do Merlot. And I'm like, you guys are fucking morons. It's amazing how many people will not drink Merlot. I'm going off script again because it really pisses me off. Because you can get 750 milliliters of a Merlot and it only costs me 30 bucks. And the rest of you morons are paying $150 for Cabernet Sauvignon or you're getting Opus One which has Merlot in it. <laughs> it has Merlot in it. It's a Bordeaux blend, but it does have Merlot in it. It's to soften the tannins of the Cabernet Sauvignon. Merlot is amazing. It's some of the most expensive grapes in the world. There's this one thing, if you guys have forgot, Pomerol, which is, uh, or you guys have heard of Petrus, which is one of the most expensive wine bottles in the world. That's, I actually don't even want to tell Forget what I just said. Forget all that, because I'm going to drink all the Merlot myself. But, you get, people are willing to buy Petrus wine, which you're talking thousands of dollars. Thousands. I think uh, 2000, I'd probably have to look at it around. 2016 is probably going for $3,000. It's it's fucking Merlot. It's Merlot. It's 80% Merlot, 20% Cabernet Sauvignon. To soften, the, of course, the Merlot and to give it a little bit more texture. But that's it. You're drinking a Merlot. So people that say they're mother effing Merlot, and the reason he doesn't like it, by the way, because I've read the book and saw the movie, is his wife was... Like had a super good nose for wine, like everybody does. I've met a million people with a super good wine nose for wine, but she loves Merlot. And so what it does, it, because she loves Merlot so much and she loves the qualities of Merlot and the way it can be changed, he doesn't want to have Merlot because it reminds him of her. And that's the only reason he says, no fucking Merlot, because he's in love with his ex-wife who's getting married to some other dude and being taken down with someone a little bit larger and girthier and whatever else, or so they say. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> but that's why he doesn't like Merlot is because... His wife loves it, not because it's disgusting. But anyways, so Zinfandel, going back on the script. Zinfandel is uh, a little bit of berries, of course, that jamminess. Um, we get that, that nice, and that, that's what's good about that berry jam. Cherry earthiness to it, and that's a, a little bit more of a, a medium to heavy type uh, wine. And then you have Syrah, which you're going to get a little bit of belt pepperiness. You can get bell pepperiness with it, as long as just regular black pepper, white pepper, some spice, some blackberries, some cinnamon. And that's a medium to heavy. One of my favorites, Petit Syrah and Syrah. I think Syrahs and Petit Syrahs are the ones that can actually hold up to a cigar because it has this nice, deep, fruity blackberry jamminess to both of them. And that's just uh, Petit Syrah. Even though, don't let the name Petit fool you, it's actually a heavy wine. It's not, it's the other way around. The regular Syrah is medium to heavy, but a Petit Syrah is heavy. But they're good. You can get those for 20 bucks, again, because it's not really well known here. Sangiovese, an Italian wine. It's cherry, fruity, spicy. Sometimes you can get the barrique, which I talked about last week, but you can get a little bit of the, the woodiness or the cedariness from the, the container it's in, in in Italy. But 
that's a light to medium uh, red wine. Really good, really tasty. Great with pizza, of course. And I, I think uh, Italians tend to make their, I'm going side note again, but Italians tend to make their food, I mean, sorry, they make their wine thinking about a certain food. And really, um, we all have Google. So there's no effing reason that no one can't look at Google and look at where you're drinking your wine from and look at what those regions and what they they are specific in. So if you have an area that's known for, for uh, fish, then then buy the wines. Are you if you're eating fish and look at that area and look at what they're having and buy those wines that go with that thing because they're thinking of in conjunction of themselves at least lunch and dinner. When I was in Italy, I think we had breakfast also. We had this little. I think we had sparkling wine for breakfast a lot of time. Prosecco. We had a you know, uh, um, some other pineapple juice too. I don't know what that one's called, but uh, Bellini is with peach juice and, and sparkling wine. But pineapple juice and sparkling wine. I had apple juice with sparkling wine. I had amazing, I mean, it just, I had a blast, but I'm showing to the video. We drank in things like this, okay? We drank in cups, and that's just, it was just part of your, your meal. It's just, you know, you're drinking, you're talking, you're enjoying your friends, and, you know, you're getting that slight buzz, but it was, it was amazing. Okay, going back on script, because I only have a few more wines to get through. Cab Franc, now that's a really good one. Hard to find, really tasty. It's also a cutting agent. Sounds weird saying it. It's not drugs, but it's a cutting agent used for uh, Bordeaux or blends. Uh, red wine blends, Cabernet Franc is a lot drier, uh, but not like a tannin, high tannin, like a Cabernet Sauvignon. But typically a Bordeaux blend or a red wine blend is Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Malbec, Cab Franc, and uh, Petit Verdot. So, uh, yeah, so th that it's one of the main blends used, usually 4 to 6% used for a Bordeaux, Bordeaux blend or red wine blend. Uh, Tempranillo, or Tempranillo, Tempranillo is a Spanish wine. Cherry, plum, tobacco, a little bit of vanilla. You'll get a lot of dill, almost like a pickle. It's kind of weird. And leathery note to Tempranillo. Sounds disgusting when I say them all together. Cherry, plum, tobacco, vanilla, dill, and leather. But those are the notes that you're going to get. And, and it's not saying that's all going to be in one wine bottle. It depends on the winemaker. So sometimes you're going to get a little plumminess. You're going to get a little bit of Merlot. Sometimes you're going to get that cherryness like a Pinot. Sometimes you're going to get this deep leather and vanilla because they're using an American oak or Hungarian oak barrel even though Hungarian tends to be a little neutral, but um, you might get this deal from an old used barrel. So you get these different notes. It depends on the winemakers themselves. And it's a little bit more of a medium. Now you have Malbec, which is a little bit of cherry, strawberry, and plum. Now that's like, that again, it depends on the winemaker. Um, get a high altitude uh, wine from Argentina. And they usually make them, it's medium bodied. And that's when you're going to get those deeper, more plum type note. Um, and it's from an area called Salta. And that's the high altitude wine from Argentina. And Salta is like their Napa. It doesn't sound very, I mean, it sounds salty, but it's actually, it's delicious. And it's a really good area. They should come up with some other cool name like Sonamanoma Napa something. I don't know what they're going to call it, but Salta doesn't sound really good. But uh, yeah, oh, Saltanoma. Yeah, that's not bad. Napatoma, something. Napatoma. I don't know. But the, you know, they should have a name like Multipulciano, which is an Italian wine. Multipulciano, you say that name, it's like, oh, wow, that's a fancy wine. Chateau Neuf de Pop, south, south of France. It's red wine. But the, the Pope from, I don't know how long long ago, went to uh, south of France and he said, oh, this is delicious wine. I bless thee, thou child, blah, blah, blah. And Chateau Neuf de Pop is, is what a lot of people like. It's fairly cheap, good stuff. Not all the time. Don't get me wrong at the, uh, um, so... Anyway, those are my quick notes on most, the most basics of wine. And the last thing I want to go over is the food is sweet. 
sometimes your wine was going to seem more dry and bitter, a little bit more acid. And so what this means is to take care in pairing your wines with less sweet or with tannins. In other words, use a wine with tannins. So use a Cabernet Sauvignon if you're having a sweet type dish because they're, they're going to kind of mute each other a little bit, just a little bit if it's too sweet. You don't want to do a sweet wine with a sweet dish and it's just going to make your, your wine taste bitter and nasty. So savory umaminess is uh, difficult to work with. Just be careful when you're doing an umami type wine because of the oak characteristics. It's going to make it taste crappy. Um, so you just have to be careful. Uh, umami, I, again, I would go to Merlot. And that's hard to explain the umaminess of food. It's just the, the yumminess. Salty foods can make tannic wines seem more palatable. So if you uh, salty goes really well with the Cabernet Sauvignons. Um, acid, uh, I, would, I love acidic wines with uh, oysters. High acid wine is amazing, and people think it's sugary sometimes in the, and uh, a few other places, Austria, and people go, oh, it's too sweet. And it's not that it's too sweet. High acid, what it does is it makes a mouth-watering feel in your mouth. It makes a mouth-watering effect. So if you're drinking a wine and your mouth tends to water, that's high acid. That's not sugary. And it's just what our brain thinks is sugary, but it's, it's high acid. I'm not going to nerd out, but um, you either have sugar or you have acid. And you want to try to find a good balance between the two. And uh, that's why I talked about those, those different levels of um, sweetness with the, the German wines. The Cabinets, the Schwelasse is going to have a higher acid content. And the Trockenbirnaufschleser and the Eiswein are going to be sugary. So you got to find that in between. I want the high acid because I'm having fish. And I think if you do high acid, the lower, I shouldn't say lower level, the Cabinet Schwelasse goes really well with the fish, the 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 sushi, but the sugariness one, the sugary isn't. It's going to coat it and taste really weird, make your food taste probably raw or gross. <laughs> I don't know. It just wouldn't go good. So high acid, what I like is, and people go, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would you have a high acid? But I always use oysters as an example because you pour a little bit of lemon. Usually people squeeze a lemon on it. Sometimes they put a little bit of chili or something on it too. But do a high acid wine like a Gruner Veltliner, the Gewürztraminer. But I, I like to go with Gruner Veltliner from Austria. And the reason why is it's cheaper. It's just simple. You could literally pick it up at a hopefully new sponsor. <laughs> and you could pick it up for like five bucks. Five effing dollars. And you can put it with your oysters. I'm going to spend my money on my oysters. I'm not going to spend my money on my drink. Because I'm, I'm going to eat as many oysters as I can with a cheap-ass wine with a high acid. Because my feature is the food. And the food is the, the main man of this dish. Now, if I had, now, don't get me wrong, have I had a 1949 Latour? Of course I have. I, of course. I shouldn't say it like that. But I had one like about a month ago, a month and a half ago. I don't even know what the price is. A lot. Starting around seven grand or something like that. Now, that time, they were bringing food around, and everyone's like, uh, you know, aren't you going to eat some food? I'm like, hell no. This is a $7,000 bottle. I'm not going to eat food with this. I'm not going to. Now my wine is the special. Now my wine is taking the the forefront. I don't want any food with it. I'll drink, I'll eat the food afterwards, but I'm going to get wasted. I drank 1949 that. I drank a 1965 Margot Palmer. I had a 49 uh, Domaine Romani Conti. We had a 50-something or 60-something, 1978 uh, Domaine Romani Vivant, St. Vivant. We had a 2010 St. Vivant. These are 2000 all two $3,000. I can't remember the name of the uh, Crystal. We had a 1998 Crystal. We had a 2008 Crystal. We had a 2010 Crystal or something around there. 
I'm not, I, I am not going to eat food and wreck this taste that I'm having, experiencing it this one time that I'm going to be able to store in my head for the rest of my life, hopefully. And let's, who knows if I'm going to try $30,000 worth of wine again. And we did a huge tasting. It was fun. It was amazing. So that time when you're spending a lot of money, though, the wine should be the special. However, if I'm going to be eating oysters or lobster and I'm spending more money, now my wine's not as important. I'm not going to sit there and, oh, you know, let's let's spend 200 bucks on something that's about to wash down my amazing lobster. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Spend hardly anything on the wine. The wine is just there to complement your food. You know? Now, if you're spending 500 bucks on the wine, a food. Eat the food afterwards. Enjoy your time. Conversate. Talk with your friends. And I say the same thing for cigars. Of course, you don't have to listen to me. I'm just some dude. Cigars, I do a high-end cigar. Usually, I go sit with my friends. We, we smoke for seven or eight hours. So I, I smoke my expensive one first, and then I smoke shit afterwards. I smoke the $7 cigar after. If I'm going to spend $38 on a, something I'm about to smoke away, why am I going to sit there and, and keep going to the higher, higher, higher levels? Your mouth is full of shitty-ass smoke and nastiness tobacco. So I'm going to smoke the really nice cigar, maybe with a scotch or, or, or a whiskey of some sort, of Japanese whiskey, because it can handle. That's totally different from wine, you know, besides a petite straw, but... Um, I'm going to sp- smoke the expensive one and then I'm going to go down to cheap and same thing goes with, uh, wines. Do the expensive one before your meal and then go down into the cheaper one and let your food be the star. Anyways, that's it guys. And I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. So that's the end of the episode and, uh, so sorry for all the mess ups on this one. Um, I might, my brain when I'm working on these things, I have like really basic notes, like I've said before, and I'm just ad libbing. So if I repeat myself, I'm sorry, I'm a human being but I do try to keep things consistent and I'm, I'm kind of jumping all over the place and I'm trying to bring it all back all the time. Um, if there's something you'd like to talk about or, or hear, please email me at jwinela at gmail.com. Again, J-A-Y-W-I-N-E-L-A at gmail.com. I apologize. That's just the way I am sometimes. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Take care. See you next time.